Well, what a great opportunity to come and share the word with you. How many of you just had a wonderful Thanksgiving time? Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Praise God. It's wonderful. Praise God. Uh, how many of you still wearing your big britches after that Thanksgiving food? Okay, and me too. It's like, oh, baby, I tried on five pairs before I could find one I could wear tonight, you know? So, uh, but man, it was a great time for family to come together. Kathy and I had a wonderful time with our family. We had 29 in our home. And so that was a big crowd. We made it, you know? And, uh, you know, uh, anyway, it was, it was a lot of fun. I ate too much. It's normal. But listen, I, I'm glad to come and share the word with you. It's, it's a great opportunity for me. I always love sh- sharing the word and, and encouraging people to uh, grow in the word of God and, to, and to, in their encouragement also to challenge them in that encouragement to, to, to go higher, to do the things they need to do. Because I know there are four levels that we, you and I as Christians are supposed to obtain. Number one is that non-believers become believers, right? I mean, that's our first step. And then as you're a believer, then to start to grow as a disciple, to grow in understanding, to grow in knowledge. And then, you know, to uh, after that, as you begin to grow in the word and you've committed to that level and say, I'm following Jesus, then you need to find your purpose. You need to find your purpose. You need to find what God has designed you to be and how he wants you to function in the body of Christ. Because you know what? You fit somewhere. And somewhere we need you to fit whatever you're your calling is in your life, your design, you fit. Someone's not functioning quite as well because you're not fitting there with them. And, and we need you to find that as well. And then there's this very last level, it's you and I as Christians. We, we want to be like Jesus, don't we? I mean, you've heard that in church many times, preach. We need to be like Jesus. He's our example. Well, you know, that ultimate level, you might be a leadership at that third level, finding your purpose. But, you know, to truly, to be a true leader, leaders become servants. There's a lot of difference between being a servant and just serving. You know, being a servant like Jesus, he's the one who said, listen, Father, not my will, but your will be done. I mean, that is total humility and, and yielding to God's purpose and design in our life. And that's, that's our objective, isn't it? Our objective. And maybe you haven't had purpose in life, but I've just given you one tonight. I've given you purpose in your life to grow in the Lord and find your design and what you're designed to be and, and truly find out what a servant is and become that servant. I've never seen someone who is truly a servant that wasn't serving someone, okay? <laughs> I, serve my, I serve my family. Well, there's more than that. You could serve here as well, okay? Oh, well, I got quiet, man, okay. Got a couple of amens and rise, Pastor. I got you, man. You said it, so I appreciate that. But listen, uh, listen, I want to talk to you tonight. As soon as Pastor Austin gave me an opportunity to share Something just jumped into my heart, you know, the power of the first step. And I have never preached on this before. And so I probably won't do as good a job as I will the next time I begin to share on this topic, if, I, if and when I be able to do that. But listen, uh, the power of the first step, it means so much. And there's so much to, to read into that and to discover in that. And um, how many of you sit around and, and maybe you dream about life and you, you sit and you, you begin to think about the things that you would like to do, the goals you would like to reach, the dreams you'd like to obtain. You know, there's different types of things like maybe some of you, a big dream would be, listen, I'd like to get my GED. You know, I I had a trouble in high school, but a lot has changed and I want to get my GED. That might be one of your dreams. Another might be in saying, listen, I want to buy a home and move my family into a a better house, a bigger house, or maybe a a safer neighborhood or something like that. That could be a dream as, as well. And, and, then, you know, some of you might <coughs> say that, you know, I, listen, I, I want to start my own business. I'd love to start my own business. How many have ever had that dream? And, and I've had that and done that. And, 
And I know that's a dream that many of you might even be sitting here tonight and say, I'd like to do that. And so, you know, we all have these dreams and, and things that we'd like to reach one day. So what I want to do is I want to help you to begin with. I want to just give you a, a little tip to help you reach the goal that you've dreamed of. Well, here's the tip. You got to start working toward your goals. You can start that right now. Right now. Oh, you mean right now? Right now. I mean, it, it's not going to get any better. You've got the dream. You've got the goal. But you've got to get it started. You've got to start it right now. You know, I, Pastor Steve, some of you might know Pastor Steve Pulaski. He's the pastor of the, the Chandler location in Oklahoma. He started out in Brownwood, though. He's a Texan that moved to Oklahoma. He's done quite well, I think. <laughs> and uh, But Pastor Steve and I have been friends for a number of years, and uh, over 15 years, and one time we were talking about, boy, and I'd like to do this, I'd like to do that. And, and he said, well, just throw your cap over the gate. <laughs> throw your cap over the gate? You know, I, I'd never heard that expression. And there's a lot of expressions that are saying the same thing, you know. Uh, throw your cap over the gate. He said, yeah, your cap's on the other side of the gate. You have to open up the gate to go get your cap. You already started. You might as well go on. You know, and so he said, well, you can either that, you can throw your cap over the gate and go pick your cap up, or you can do without a cap from there on. So you, you got to figure a way to get on the other side of the, the gate. Well, you know, it's impossible. You know, if anything's worth uh, accomplishing, it's impossible to accomplish those things without taking certain stamps, steps to make it happen, to, to make it happen in your life. And in every case, in every case, without exception, the steps you have to make to make that dream come true starts with one step. One step every single time. And usually, the hardest step, usually, is the first step. Not to say that the other steps won't be difficult, but usually the hardest one to get to is taking that first step and make it happen because it's a step of uh, commitment. You know, if you're, you're sitting at home, and, and I'm going to help you with some of the just practical things, and and you're waking up in the morning thinking, I've got to build this fence. Well, you know what you're going to have to do? Get up and put your britches on. Yeah. <laughs> that fence is not going to be built by itself. You know what I'm saying? And you're going to have to move when your wife is kicking you out of bed. Go ahead and get out of bed and put your britches on and get out there. And you got to get the momentum going, right? you got to get up for the day. And, and I, you know, how many times have you sat down at lunch and say, man, this ain't getting her done. we got to go. Let's get going. Amen. You know, if we can just find it in ourselves to, to take that very first step, you know, to get the ball rolling. You know, usually the next step likely is a little bit easier because of momentum. You want to get to that easy move. Listen, my first vehicle was a 57 Chevrolet pickup. Best pickup ever made. Maybe because I just fell in love with it because it's my first vehicle. I needed a vehicle to go to college. I didn't have a vehicle in high school. And, uh, my brother drove me everywhere, but I had to go to college. I said, Dad, Dad, I'm going to have to have some kind of vehicle. I'm, you know, going to college and driving. He said, well, there's that truck sitting out there on blocks. I had, had no motor in it, had no brakes on it, no tires. So I put a lot of work into that Chevrolet pickup and had it for many, many years. And, and so there was a time, though, where I put a 455. Y'all know what kind of motor that is? Some of you, okay, some of you. That's an Oldsmobile motor. That ain't a Chevy. That ain't a 454. That's a 455. So I took a 455 Oldsmobile motor and transmission and put it in that truck. And he said, why would you do that? Because it was cheap and I could do it. 
I mean, some guy offered me a, a good deal on a car that's a couple hundred dollars. So I took the whole electrical system. I took the motor, the transmission. And when I say I did it, I did it. I didn't hire somebody. I put it all in there, and that thing run with a 411 rear end. Man, that thing could do anything I wanted to do. There's way too much motor for that truck. But I could go anywhere and go as fast as about most of them. But, you know, I didn't learn until later on. I, I took a 47.4 coupe, and I actually put a new, excuse me, a, a steering column in that, and a steering, a whole steering setup in there where it wasn't just manual steering. I didn't realize that I could put a tilt steering wheel in that 57 Chevrolet pickup. So it had this big steering wheel, and it didn't have power steering. And, man, that thing was hard to turn just sitting there sitting still. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Some, okay, all of y'all over 50 years old, come on. You know what I'm talking about. And, but once you got rolling, that's like power steering. Had that big old steering wheel and all that sort of thing. So really, the truth of it is, the concept is this. It's easier for God to do this. It's easier to steer a moving vehicle than one sitting still. And so much of the time, we're sitting around here saying, God, I want you to direct me. I want you to steer me in the right direction. And God's saying, if you just get to moving... Your, your, your vehicle's pointed that way. I'm taking you over there, but if I turn you there right now, you're going to run across some people. You're saying, God, I, I want to be over here where you want me to go. Boy, you just get to moving. I'll tell you when to turn. It's easier to turn a moving vehicle than one sitting still. You just got to take that first step. It's just so important that we, we get started. Now, if we go back to our goals that I mentioned earlier about getting a GED, I mean, listen, the first step is just go find one of those classes that provide a GED training. And, and so much time, they're just free or nearly nothing. If that's, been a, if that's on your heart, you got to go look it up, find it, and just go do it. Or maybe you want to move your family into a bigger home and buy a new home and, you know, and, and, and do something like that. Well, well, number one, you need to learn how to balance a checkbook probably because it's going to be a bigger house payment. <laughs> Yeah, and if you're going to sell your place, clean it up. Clean it up. Make it sell for something. I mean, there's, there's steps you can take to get to that, that goal. And if you're wanting to start your own business, surely you, what you need to do is find out everything you can about that business. Everything that you can about that business. I remember Brother Hagin telling us in Bible school, you know, about people said, I want to I wanna function in the... Uh, uh, gifts of healing. Ah, I want to flow in that gift. And he said, I have never seen someone who, who flowed. Is that a good word? Flowed. Flowed in, in that anointing with such anointing that didn't know everything the Bible had to say about it. They spent time reading and studying and seeing what God said about it and where they could build their faith. So, you know, much of that, your first step may be counting the cost and, and try to learn what it takes to get where you want to go. Yeah, I, I, want that, I want that oil rig. I want that oil well. I want to be blessed. When maybe you need to learn how to dig a hole first or something. I don't know. He used to tell us, well, if you're going to be believing for that, why don't you start believing for a pair of socks first? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. But, you know, one thing is just so certain is that, you know, you're never going to get there if you don't take the first step. You're never going to get anywhere if you don't take the first step. And it's not, it doesn't have to be a sprint. You know, it, it just sometimes it just takes a little longer than other times, but you got to get started. And, you know, by the way, I'll tell you what, I have, I'm saying this because I have learned that personally. I've gone through some things and learned that, man, the power of the first step means so much. You've got to take that first step. 
and the power that brings and the fulfillment that brings to your life. You know, yesterday, yesterday, Kathy and I, my wife Kathy over here, if you haven't met her, Kathy and I, we celebrated 46 years of marriage. Yay! And, and let, let me say, it's successful years of marriage. Because every time I walk in a room, her heart goes pitter-patter. <laughs> Maybe it's backwards, I don't know, but, you know. But, you know, there had to come, you know, if somebody were to ask me, say, you know, Stan, how do you... How do you stay married? Have you ever seen these people that are doing an anniversary party and say, how did you stay married for 25 years? How did you stay married for 50 years and all that? And then suddenly they don't know what to answer. Well, you just hang on, you know. <laughs> Listen, let, let me give you a little secret, guys. How to have 46 years of marriage and to succeed at that. Let me give you your first step. Y'all ready? Go look in the mirror. Comb that bird's nest of a hairdo and get that combed and brush your teeth. <laughs> well, I used to do that before I got married, but I got her. I don't got to do that no more. Yeah, you do. You want to keep her? <laughs> okay, okay. Well, that's the easy. That's the real natural. Just go look in the mirror and comb your hair once in a while. But really, listen, go back to the mirror and look deeper. Sure. Look at you. Sure. Look at you. That's the first step. If you want a successful marriage, you need to look at you. You need to look at your heart. You need to look to, at your character. You know, you need to look at your ignorance. <laughs> Come on, ignorance. Because <laughs> some of us are so ignorant, we don't even know how to act. Until she tells us there ain't no way to act, right? <laughs> Amen. So sometimes it takes that first step. If you want to succeed at something, you need to be looking at you and say, Lord, I need you to do a work in my heart. I need you to do, do a work in my heart. God, it's like David saying, Lord, this life is tough, Lord. I need, a, I need a map. How many of you ever felt like, Lord, I don't know where to go in this life. I need a map. And David went on to say, God, your word is the map in my life. Your word shows me the way to go. So many times, so, so you've got to take those first steps and discover what they are. So, you know, and now let me get, tell you something else. One of the first steps to, to what your goal is and your dream is simply overcoming fear. Overcoming fear. So, you know, uh, faith is pretty much that first step. Your first step is faith in action. Let's go over to Ma Mark, the fifth chapter. It's a familiar story. And by this time, normally, I've already shared about 10 scriptures. But tonight, I'm, I'm using the KISS principle. Y'all know the KISS principle. Keep it simple. Stan. <laughs> I'll beat you to the punch there. Keep it simple, Stan. <laughs> So I was going to share a few scriptures, but hopefully we can get something out of this tonight. But listen, this is the woman with the issue of blood. We're talking about the power of the first step and what it accomplishes in our life. In Mark, the fifth chapter, look at verse 27 with me, if you will. When she heard about Jesus, this woman had an issue of blood for 12 years. She spent all that she had and was nothing better. All these doctors couldn't help her. This was the scenario of her life. It was terrible. She's been hemorrhaging for years, and it just you can imagine the state that she's in. And, and the need of hope, but she heard about Jesus. So it goes, say, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. She heard about him, and she heard he was going to be at this place at this time. And when she got over there, there's this huge crowd all around him, mobbing him and wanting to be close to him. And it says she came in the press behind 
Have you ever seen a situation like this? If you see somebody coming and you want to get to them and the crowd is coming this way, your best bet is get out ahead of them and start weaving your way in as they come to you. But when you're trying to come in that crowd behind and you're trying to get through, and she's a woman that has been hemorrhaging, probably very weak in her strength, and, and being a woman in two, no telling, you know, all this she took, to get, it was a lot of determination is what I'm saying. She pressed in and got behind him and got enough behind him to touch the hem of his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. I love this story. I absolutely love it. When you sit and meditate about this and think about what happened at that moment, the power of God, the power of God in Christ Jesus, it began to flow out of him. Virtue began to flow out of him through the very fabric of his clothes. It traveled through the fabric of material, probably cotton back then. I don't know how good of a travel uh, uh, conductor that is of electricity, but of the power of God, it conducted real good. I mean, the power of God flowed out of him through the fabric of his robe and healed her. I think that, I just love this story. And then she felt, she knew, she knew in her heart and in her body, she was healed. I mean, there's so much. So you could preach an hour on that, man. How many of you, when you came down and you decided, you know what, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he's real. I believe that he's real. And I want to confess him as Lord today. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into my heart and to be my Lord, to be my Savior, to be my Master, to be my friend, and to be my love, and you suddenly have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you're born again, and you suddenly you feel, you know inside by the Holy Spirit, I'm alive unto God. Well, see, that's that same feeling I can see almost in the physical realm for her. But So we look at this situation. Here's this woman. She had the faith to get healed in her heart, but it didn't manifest until she acted on it. She took a step. But I'll tell you, the first step she did is she spoke it. She, she, it says right here, she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be healed. So many times that step, that one step of power is you acknowledging God. Speak in your faith. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? The devil don't want to hear you say that. Your circumstances don't want to hear you say that. Your challenges, they don't want to hear you say the Word of God. They don't want you speaking truth over your situation. And then you got to take the step. And when she took that step of faith, according to what she said, she was healed. She took a step. It calls, now listen, Mark the 6th chapter, go to the next chapter. Look at verse 56. You know, the good thing about when you and I take a step of faith, people are watching. People are watching you. You probably got that old rounders that you used to run with. <laughs> they said, you went to church? Now what are you doing going to church? People are watching you, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, come on. Y'all don't have to be afraid to admit where you've been from. Okay, come on. Some of you are just rough rounders. Y'all been places. I know pastors have been shot and stabbed, and boy, what a rough life. Even the pastor, no telling what he was like before he was a pastor, but anyway. <laughs> Well, where was I? Okay, people are watching you. People are watching you. And when you take a step of faith, people are looking to see, is God really a God to be found? Is he real? And when you take that step of faith, 
And people see your life. I hadn't forgot where I came from. And they look at your life and say, wow, God did it for him. He can do it for me. God did it for her. He can do it for me. Look at this passage. Look at verse 56. Wherever he entered into villages, cities, or of the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might just touch the hem of his garment. Well, word got around, didn't it? Word got around. And as many as touched him were made whole. They drew out of him, according to their faith, they drew it out of him. So see, what you and I do many times, you're not just taking that first step just for you. It ain't all about me and it ain't all about you. It's about the kingdom of God. Now, you need to reach your dreams. You need to reach your goals. And God's got a plan for you. But everything we do affects other people. So, and, and, and listen, if, if nothing else, you're taking a step of faith, parents. You listen to me. You need to take those steps of faith, not just for you, but for your kids. You need to determine in your heart, I'm going to be a disciple. I've been born again. I'm going to be a disciple, not just because I need to be doing that, but I'm doing it for my family. I'm going to make a way for them as well. I want them to see God working in my life. I'm doing it for me. And then you become that leader. You become that servant. Not just for you, but for the generations following you. Are you with me? Oh, praise God. And so they were healed. They were drawn it out of Jesus. So you're never going to accomplish anything until you take that first step. Look at Abraham and Isaac. Go over to Hebrews 11 chapter. I love this passage. Abraham and Isaac, you know, God said, get up and go. And they got up and went. They didn't even know where they was going. <laughs> That's awesome. Some of y'all think, I, I, I'm scared to go there. I don't know what it looks like on the other side. Okay, let's see what he said here. Look at verse 8, Hebrews eleven eight. Faith motivated Abraham. He had faith. He had the motivation to do what? To obey God's call and throw his cap over the gate and leave the familiar. Well, maybe he didn't have a gate. He had probably threw it over a camel. Throw his hat over the camel to discover the territory he was destined to inherit from God. Faith motivated him. You, you and I, we be children of God. Sons and daughters of the Most High. You and I need to be motivated by faith. We need to be led by faith. Faith in God's Word. Faith in God's promises. Faith in God's provision. Faith in His leading and purpose and plan for our individual lives and corporately. So destined to hear. And look, look here. So He left. Look, look, look at this. With only a promise. Without even knowing ahead of time where He was going. Wow, that's a step of faith. You got me? That's a step of faith. Abraham stepped out in faith. He lived by faith as an immigrant in his promised land as though it belonged to someone else. He, was, he, was, he, he abided or abode by the laws of the land. They were there and they had the land for, at that time thinking, you know what? This is mine. <laughs> it's soon to be mine. He journeyed through the land living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, his heritage, who were persuaded that they were also co-heirs of the same promise. We need to live it out so that our kids can see it and understand that it's for them as well. Amen? So listen, there's a, there was, with, these, with, Abra, with Isaac and Jacob and Abraham, there was real purpose in their actions. Now here's a question. Have you discovered your purpose? 
You don't have to answer that out loud. Have you discovered your purpose? Have you discovered your destiny, your path? And you know, the first step toward that is not always what you see in the natural. Lord, I don't know that I can get there. But it's what you see in your heart. What the, by the God's promises. He didn't see with his eye. Abraham was leaving the comfort and security of his surroundings. And he was moving according to the word of God. So many people, it's, it's about their comfort levels. That's why they're so challenged not to take that, that step into what God is leading them to do. They have this uh, comfort level. And listen, when, when, when I gave my heart to the Lord, I had, never been, I had never been to one of these home groups. What we call life groups here, well, they were called prayer groups back then. I'd never been to anything like that in my life. It was a bit scary. People meeting in their homes and talking about God. Come on now. <laughs> These people are fanatics. But you know why I did it? One, I did it because I love my wife, and she'd been praying for me. So, you know, and if you guys are something that's challenging you, maybe it's, it's hey, that's not in my comfort zone, you know. Uh, that night, and I'll, I'll, I'll expose this, that night when they got us separated in these little groups, I'm separating these little groups, and the guy that's leading our little group, I know it was a setup. It was a setup I know. <laughs> Forty people there, and I have five of mine, and I'm with the guy leading the group. And he says, who, who would you pray for tonight if, 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 if you could pray for someone? And I thought, oh, my word, you know. I didn't know we could pray out loud, but he, uh, I'd pray for this person. He said, okay, now I'll name one. He said, okay, let's hold hands. Hold hands, man, we don't hold hands. Men don't hold hands with other men and other people. I hold hands with her, but I don't hold hands with you, you know? And then had us pray. That busted me out of my comfort zone like you cannot imagine. But you know the impression it made on me is, you mean I can pray out loud? You mean I can pray out loud and we can, you're, you're agreeing with me in my prayer? So sometimes you got to step out of your comfort zone to see the manifestation of what God wants to do in your life. God will challenge your comfort zone. God will challenge your comfort zone. Wow. Oh, praise God. You know, when we talk about these goals, and you're thinking, Lord, well, what, what goal do you have for my, my life? Now, think about this. Just meditate on it. Think about it. Come on. What is it that thing in your life that you feel drawn to? You're feeling drawn that direction. I mean, it might be small. It might be big. Well, I, I'm feeling drawn like I need, to, I need to join a life group. But man, I'm nervous about that. Man, I don't, you know, I just don't know. Well, see, that's probably Holy Spirit drawing you into a life group. Drawing you into God, taking you that next step. You've got to decide, I'm going to take that next step. So see, y'all all made the step and you got here tonight. Maybe God's got another step for you. But you take that next step. And listen, Antoinette, I love, she shared in one of her messages recently that everything the Holy Spirit speaks to you about and draws you to is He's drawing you to the heart of God. Amen. To a relationship with God. So you say, well, Holy Spirit, you take me to, I just, man, I'm not comfortable with that. But you know this, it's toward the heart of God. And God's heart towards you is wonderful. He wants you to have a hope for a future, a hope and a destiny that's beyond what you could even imagine. The joy that, that is out there and the fulfillment out there for you is, is just amazing what God has for you. And, and Holy Spirit's trying to get you there. And He'll do it as easy as He can. 
in the best way that he can. So, okay, first step. But you know what it is. There's probably people thinking here right now, that one thing that you have wrestled with, that you have struggled with, simply because you're not comfortable doing it. Okay, I almost tricked you into raising your hand, okay? How many of those people, I, I, you know, I've heard back years ago, pastors used to do this. They'd get a piece of lead and put it on their desk. Y'all heard this? You get a piece of lead and put it on their desk. Pastor Terry, you know what I'm talking about. And because when people came in and said, when pastor would approach them, hey, why don't you try, can you do this and help us here? Well, pastor, I just don't feel lead. Well, there's a piece of lead right there. Fill it and get started. <laughs> I'll help you with that first step. I got the lead right here, baby. Fill that lead and get started. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit's drawing them, but the pastor was helping them a little bit too. So that, the thing about it is, if Holy Spirit is drawing you to the purpose of God in your life, listen, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. You know, what is your, what is your first step? Here's a question. That thing that's in your head right now, what, what is your first step toward that? You probably have the answer right now. Well, my first step would be this. Well, my, the, the more important question is, what's holding you back? What is it that's holding you, you back? Well, I don't know what tomorrow looks like. I just read where Abraham stepped out in faith. Is God leading you? Is God the one that's got you by the hand? Come on. What's holding you back? Shake it off and receive what God has for you. Man, I'll tell you, one of the scriptures that used to challenge me as a man, you know, because we always thought we as men's men, we as a man's man, we're tough. When the scriptures say, gird up your loins and act like a man, it's like, oh, my word, come on now, Lord. That's scary. The spiritual stuff's scary. The scripture says, gird up your loins and act like a man. Step up, shake it off, be courageous. Now, listen, usually after that first step, all, all the, the scary steps get easier. You with me? How many of you played football? Not the girls. Come on now. Don't be showing us up. Men. You know, girls out there playing tackle football. That's a side note. Football. Man, I love football. I used to eat, sleep, and drink football in high school. Loved it. Man, I loved, I loved getting out there. Man, I tell you what, my, my philosophy was if that guy has a ball in his hand, he's taking his life in his own hand. <laughs> and I'm going to deliver the pain to take it out. I'm going to, you know, and it's just like that was my drive. I was wide open. Man, I just take your head off, you know. And it was just an aggression. I loved it. But boy, before the football games, always I had these butterflies. You know what I'm saying? Butterflies inside. And it's just like, and we would, we would try to sock ourselves up. Our team went on the field uh, chanting, we want blood. We want blood. We want blood. And, but I still had the butterflies. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And those butterflies never went away until that first hit. Then it's all over. 46 years of marriage. But I remember the day I said, I do. I was so scared. I thought, these are, butterflies are worse than any football game I ever prepared for. I'm telling you what, my stomach's turning inside out. I don't know if I can do this. My knees, and for a, a, a bow-legged man, for his knees to knock, that's quite an accomplishment. My knees were knocking. I was scared. I, I was nervous. Man, I, I was, you know, we're taking this big step. And those butterflies didn't go away until she was holding my hand and looked in my eyes and said, I do. And at that point, we took our first step toward building a life together. But you got to take the first step. 
And then these other steps, I'm not saying they were all that easy. There's times it, they wasn't that easy. <laughs> I had a lot of changing and adapting and molding that needed to be made in me. But that first step, I never could have got there without that first step of commitment, of dedication, of love. Are you all with me? Power of the first step. Power of the first step. You know, we've got to prepare for growth and adventure. You know, in Isaiah, and I'm not going to go there to save time, but it talks about preparing for growth. It talks about enlarging your tent stakes and not holding back. It talks about shoring up that thing that's holding you together, those weak areas of your life, and, and it encourages us to do it. And I want to encourage you tonight. I want to encourage you and challenge you. Take that step. What is the step that you need to take? Take that step. Because let me tell you, regret is a hard thing to carry. And you'll never know if you could have done it if you don't take it. But I guarantee you, if you, you're sitting there tonight and you're thinking, man, I need to take that step, and you don't do it, that regret will haunt you. Amen. Now, I don't want to get heavy on this message, but I'm trying to tell you, take that first step. I want to encourage you to do that. And the first steps, listen to me, they're, they're about... They're about these two things, what you want now and what you want the most. What you want now many times is, what, is, is less than. But what you want most, are you willing to take the step toward what you want most in life, toward your dream, your destiny, God's desire for your life? Are you willing to lay down those things that so easily beset you, those sins that so easily take you down? Are you willing to walk away from those things? to pursue God, then you're on your way. You're on your way to victory and fulfillment. And I'm telling you tonight, you, you say, well, pastor, you just don't know things that I've done and all. But sis, listen, God is a God of second chances. God's a God of third chances. And on and on and on. I mean, you can say, listen, I, I have walked so far away from the Lord I don't know my way back, but I'm here to tell you, it just takes one step back in the right direction. He's right there. He's right there. And my question to you tonight would be, aren't you tired of running? If that's you here tonight, and maybe someone that's watching this message, maybe a month from today, and you're watching this message, know this, that the Word of God is alive and powerful to impact your life. And maybe God is speaking to you right now. Are you not tired of running? Aren't you ready to get back in the game? Aren't you ready to shake it off? Aren't you ready to get back in the fray and in the battle? Get back into to life? All it takes is that one step. That first step of faith. And then He'll lead you with the next step. And He's got you by the hand. And I'll close with this because, you know... Um, I can remember being maybe where you are, even in church. And listen, I, I, listen uh, I'm not just preaching to people who are not here. I'm preaching to you because I, I know I've been in church. I've sat in church, and I look good. I, I got a lot of suits that used to fit before Thanksgiving <laughs> and show up, and I'd look good. Got my tie, my suit, <clears throat> but, man, my heart wasn't right, and I was running from God. I was broken. I was hurt. But I showed up. I never, I never quit going. And by saying that, I was backslidden in heart. So that's why I would address you tonight to say, hey, where is your heart tonight? 
Could it be that you're running from something that God's trying to draw you toward? Aren't you tired of running? I can remember the very night, and I'm just being honest with you, I can, the very night I went to the Kid Key Auditorium, there was a revival that started this work. How many years ago? Over 20 years ago. Pastor Dwayne was preaching. I knew him for years, but he didn't know me. I can't tell you what he preached on. <laughs> but Ron Weatherby, Weatherly, y'all know Ron? You know Ron? Ron used to use, lead the music. Winter that night, and he began to sing, and he was leading the music that night, and my heart was melted. My heart melted before the Lord. And I went up, and Pastor Dwayne said, if you want me to pray for you, come to the front. And I went up. He said, what can I pray for? And I said, I'm tired of running. I can't run anymore. And he began to love me back in. He began to love me back in. He didn't require anything of me. He just loved me. He knew where, where, where we were and where I was broken. And, and Lord, I needed the Lord. 